Ready in three, two. On today's show, the Dallas Mavericks get a win against the Orlando Magic in chippy fashion. Just waiting around for the win, it felt like, and guys were getting a little antsy. Plus, Marquise Chris was signed for the rest of the season, and Willie Colley-Stein is gone. Nico Harrison spoke to the media before the game. We'll talk about all that on today's Lockdown Mavs. We don't have the intro today. The stream may be looking a little bit shaky right now. I am recording this live from the American Airlines Center after the game. If you can see the court behind me right now. Uh, also, who day? Don in the Bengals hat. I, if you guys don't know, I grew up in Cincinnati, and I have not seen a Bengals playoff win my entire life. And here we are. The Bengals got a win. Um, but I don't want to talk about that too much today. We're here to talk about the Mavericks. Uh, thanks for making Lockdown Mavs your first listen every single day. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube, where you can see me right now live at the American Airlines Center after the Mavericks get the win. 108 to 92 against the Orlando Magic. The Dallas Mavericks all of a sudden are just they're rolling right now. This Mavericks team, if you just take out that weird New York Knicks win, you take that out. Just take that one out. The, when the Knicks got the win over the Mavericks, you take that one out, and then you take uh, that one random shot from from uh, Chemezi Metu. He hit that three-point shot in the corner, and the Mavs lost to the Kings that game. Luka was out and all that. The Mavericks would all of a sudden be on like a 10-game winning streak. It's pretty wild to look at what the Mavericks have done recently. Um, they just dropped those two games. If they hadn't, maybe the Mavs would be looked at like the Memphis Grizzlies had been looked at recently. Like, oh, all of a sudden this team is super hot, and Luka is back, and KP is back finally now, and all that. Luke, uh, KP finally did return in this game. KP had been out for a total of 15 days. His last game that he played was December 31st. He finally returned in this game, finished with a decent game um, overall. 20, uh, 19 points for him, seven boards, and uh, you know, a block shot and a steal as well in this one. He hit a couple of his threes. He was hitting inside a little bit. The first play of the game was a mismatch underneath. He had Franz Wagner on him, and he was able to take advantage of that mismatch and score. And he had a, then he had a three, and then he hit another little pull up in the middle. Like first quarter, he just looked all of a sudden, he's back. The guy's back, and it was fascinating to see that how normal it just looked. The guy had missed 15 days, two weeks basically of basketball. He hadn't played since December 31st. Hasn't played this year. If you want to throw a dad joke in there, you're more than welcome to in the YouTube chat in the comments. But he hadn't played all year. And all of a sudden he just came back and looked exactly like he had when he left. And that was a really interesting thing. Afterwards he talked to the media and said, I had one bad day. His entire time out, he had one bad day where he felt bad physically. He was getting the sweats. He couldn't really do a lot. And then the next couple days, he said he was back to 80%. And then a couple days later, he was fine. It was only like four days when he wasn't really 100% uh, because of the sickness. He was out with, obviously, with health and safety protocols. He tested positive for the, for the coronavirus. But it didn't really affect him too much, just that one day. And then he was about 80%, and then he was fully back. And this is a guy that knows his body very, very well in Chris Porzingis. He is very particular and meticulous about, you know, how he takes care of himself and um, you know, obviously, with the injury history he's had, 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 he's had. Be in, you know, in good physical condition. He was able to keep up with all that stuff. He was able to 
you know, to work out a little bit. He was able to get some shots up, and I wonder if that's why. He was only two of three from this game from three, but I wonder if that's why he was shooting the ball a little bit better. He was able to, you know, hit nine of his 12 free throws and get to the line that many times. He felt spry. He felt like he was back. It didn't feel like there was any rust. I saw a lot of jokes on Twitter about, well, what is rust? Who has rust? Oh, when talking about Chris Porzingis. So that was a big positive, I think. And now the Mavericks have this big question we'll get into tomorrow uh, with our guest tomorrow. What do the Mavericks do now? Do the Dallas Mavericks, you know, continue? Do they they keep? Do they stay in pat? Do they stay with the players that they have and just try to see? Okay, what does Luka Doncic, Jalen Brunson, and Chris Porzingis all together bring? What do all those guys bring in this game? Luka, twenty three points on awful shooting for him, just missed a bunch at the rim. It felt like, uh, but then also KP and Jalen Brunson, nineteen points each. What do all three of those guys do? Can, what are what can all three of those guys do together? What is what is possible when those three guys can play? They've only played 13 games together this season. That's not a lot. That's not a lot of games so far. When you're talking about this team is halfway through the years, it's about 30 games we've seen of this team without all th- three of those guys together, and 13 games with them, you know, all together. It's a big question, but Chris Osborzingis, a really good return for him in this game. And, uh, and it was good to see him back. It was good to see him in good spirits. It was good to see him out there catching lobs. It was good to see him getting some boards, some offensive rebounds. It was good to see him uh, block a shot and alter shots at the rim and be there for the Mavericks defensively. It was just good to have Chris Porzingis back in the lineup, and I'm fascinated to see what this team is going to look like going forward. So his return was largely successful. It was great to see him. Um, and for the rest of this team, this – <laughs> this Orlando Magic team is is weird, man. This Orlando Magic team is missing so many starters. They're missing, obviously, Jonathan Isaac's still out for them. Uh, Markel Fultz is obviously out for them. You have um, Jalen Suggs just returned to the lineup. Mo, uh, uh, Mohamed Bamba just returned to the lineup for them. They've had a bunch of guys out here and there. Their starting lineup in this game, Cole Anthony, who's been playing really well this year. Uh, I would compare him to Jalen Brunson in some ways, the way that he's playing for the Magic and the way Brunson's been playing for the Mavs. Didn't look it in this game, but he's been playing really, really well. Then they had uh, you know, Cole Anthony, Gary Harris, the former guard for the Nuggets, Franz Wagner, the rookie, who's been playing pretty well this season, Chumo Okiki, uh, kind of a flyer guy that they took a, a chance on, and Robin Lopez, who – is obviously the hook shot god. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, watch out. The record is the record for most hook shots maybe made in the NBA is going to be taken by Robin Lopez because he just hit a bunch of them. He was 8 of 9. I think I honestly think 7 of them were hook shots. Maybe 6 were just straight up back down and then throw the hook shot over Maxi, over Dwight, over KP one of them. How do you get a hook shot over Chris Porzingis? He just did it. And Robin Lopez was kind of their offense there for a little bit. He had 16 points. He led the team. Uh, tied with Jalen Suggs, as well as uh, Mo Wagner, who we'll talk about for sure a little bit later. But this Magic team is weird. I talk about all that because this team is really young. Jamal Mosley, his return to the American Airlines Center was uh, was was interesting. Him and Luca got into it a little bit during the game and had some fun just yapping back and forth at each other. But this Magic team is not good, right? This Magic team, if we're trying to come up with any kind of grand overarching takes or grand you know talking points that we're talking about with this, this against this Magic team, I don't think you're going to come up with any. It was a good game for the, for KP to come back, to get his legs back under him, for this team to try and play together for a little bit uh, and to continue on this this little run that they've been going on. So don't I wouldn't take a ton from this game. Um, there's a couple of positives here and there that we've been talking about. The weird thing about this game, though, was everybody just going at each other. It felt like ever there was so many different moments in this game where it just got chippy, it got yappy. Guys are going back and forth. We had uh, earlier in the game, you had 
Mo Bamba and Josh Green getting at it, where all of a sudden you're like, wait, what What just happened? And you look up and you see you know, Mo Bamba in the face of Josh Green and you see um, Tim Hardaway Jr. come to help him. And then you have Luca pulling Tim Hardaway away like, hey, don't get – don't get like kicked out of this game all of a sudden. Um, that was the beginning of the fourth quarter um, when that happened. When when Mo Bamba set you know pretty pretty moving screen hit Josh Green. Josh Green flailed back and tried to sell the call a little bit. The call the foul was called on Mo Bamba, I believe. And then you know Mo Bamba steps up into his face. Josh Green's not backing down from that. And then a couple minutes later, Mo Wagner. So two Mo's on the Magic team getting into the getting into the Mavericks. Mo Wagner after a Jalen Suggs made shot where Luca fouls him. Mo Wagner just like walks by him a little bit and just screams like just full on Kevin Garnett scream right in his face, and uh, and Luca definitely took offense to that, and so he stepped up to him and was like, "Hey, who are you? I'm sure you've seen all the gifs and all the videos of him just uh, going at it." And so then that happened, and then later in the game you had Marquise Chris and another player from from the Magic get into it, and so it was just getting chippy in the fourth quarter. But uh, this game just felt like. Okay, the Mavericks had a 10-point lead basically the entire time. I mean, when did they take their first 10-point lead? It felt like pretty early on this team took a 10-point lead, um, and they just kind of didn't didn't relinquish it until about the third quarter when they finally – yeah, four minutes into the game they had a 10-point lead, and they didn't relinquish it at all really. The Magic kind of stepped in a little bit, but then finally in the, the you know third quarter they were able to extend it to, to about 20 and the fourth, the beginning of the fourth quarter, they kept it there, and it was basically there the rest of the way. I mean, this Magic team had like 11 turnovers in the first half. They just they were all over the place. It felt like this is a really young team. This Jamal Mosley has, you know, his uh, he has his work cut out for him with this Magic team. Well, I'll just put it that way. Uh, but it was a solid, it was a take care of business win for the Mavs. That's I guess just the way I need to put it for this game. Take care of business game. They did. They took care of their business in this one. Uh, I'll have a couple of thoughts about this game more. But then I want to talk about Marquise Chris and Willie Cauley-Stein and the comments that Nico Harrison had before the game because he actually spoke to the media, and he doesn't do that very often. So we'll talk about that, get into all that. But before we do, let me tell you quickly about Built Bar. It's a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. They're absolutely delicious. I eat one all the time. And uh, I didn't have one with me at the game tonight, but I usually do. Isaac and I usually uh, look at each other like, all right, what flavor you got tonight? It's like that that episode of The Office where Michael has that second job and he looks over at the – he looks over at um, – oh, what's the guy's name? The guy he works with, and he's like, what do you have tonight? And he's like, oh, I got all these different stuff that he made at home. And he looks back at Michael and he's like, what do you have? I'm having the peanut butter crisp tonight. And he holds up the bar. Except for this one's not disappointing. It's good, and it's good for you. They taste like a candy bar. They're absolutely delicious. Get one. Use the promo code LOCKED15. Go to Built.com. Try out all the different flavors, but Coconut Brownie Chunk is the best one. So check that out. Use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Thanks for making Locked On Mavs your first listen every single day. We are free and available on all platforms. Make your second listen today if you're in a listening mood. Listen to um, Locked On Cowboys, possibly, if you guys are interested in the playoffs, if you guys are thinking about the Cowboys today, or go ahead and listen to our Locked On Bets show. Get you ready for everything going on this week with the NFL and all that. All right, let's get back into this game just a little bit more. A couple of things stood out to me from this game. Um we saw a little extended run from Josh Green. Finally, Jason – actually, I haven't even mentioned, Jason Kidd was back. This was his first game back from health and safety protocol, so it was good to see Jay Kidd back uh, on the sidelines. And he changed the starting lineup a little bit. Jason Kidd decided to put Maxi and KP in the starting lineup and then Brunson and Luca with Dorian as well. And so Dwight Powell not in the starting lineup. I found that interesting. Now, was that because of 
you know, what the Magic, who the Magic start. They just started, you know, Robin Lopez and then Chuma Kiki and Franz Wagner are both basically wings. I mean, Chuma is maybe a guard in this in this league. It depends on what team he plays for. But they decided not to go not to go as big, I guess. It's weird when you talk about starting KP with Dwight or Maxi because Dwight and Maxi are basically the same size. But it feels like when you start Dwight, you're starting bigger than when you're starting Maxi. But it's not the it's not really the case. It's just the way that they function. And so we decided to start with more spacing, decided to start with Maxi instead, which I think is the, the best version. It's the version of this starting lineup that Rick Carlisle decided on when he finally got through to the end of you know this team. All of last year they basically started that group. And so I thought that's the duo he would start. Um, and he finally got around he finally got around to it in this game. We'll see if it continues in the Mavs next upcoming games. But Brunson and Luca with that start with that starting front court uh, was solid in this one. And uh, it was interesting to see Jay Kidd make that adjustment. We'll see if it continues. But Jason Kidd also played Josh Green a little bit more. It seems like he's got a little bit of a longer leash. He played him 25 minutes in this one, got some garbage time minutes as well. And we saw some solid play from him. We saw a couple of really good assists. We saw a couple of um, drives to the basket and finishes. He finished with uh, seven points, You know, a couple of assists, a couple of really good rebounds. We've seen some good things from Josh Green. He's getting some good run finally, and it's good to see um, – some life because there was a little bit there during the season where we weren't thinking that Josh Green was really a positive rotation player at all, but here we're finally seeing it. So good to see Josh Green get that going. We saw, um, you know, Jalen Brunson and Luca just being as crafty as ever. Brunson finished eight of eleven from the field. He only hit one three, but it was solid. Um, Nineteen points for Brunson, a couple of assists as well. He's a secondary creator. He's a secondary shot creator on this Mavericks team, and it's uh, it's great to see him still continuing in that role. Tim Hardaway Jr. off the bench, still struggling with that jumper. Still struggling with the jumper. It is, um, man, when is he going to hit a hot streak? We need Tim Hardaway Sr. If anybody has his number or has contact with Tim Hardaway Sr., please call him. He needs to come back. Uh, just attend a game. Just attend a game, and it will fix everything. All right, let's talk about the, the roster move that the Mavericks made. Marquise Chris is going to be on this team for the rest of the season. They signed him to a two uh, a two-year deal. I'm assuming the second year on that is a team option. I saw my friend uh, CBA Mavs talk about that, where that could possibly be the, the case for um, for Marquise Chris, that he gets the first year as a guaranteed, obviously, the rest of this year, and then the second year is a team option for the Mavericks. So we'll see if that's the case for that. But Marquise Chris on the team for the rest of the year, and they decided to move on from Willie Cauley-Stein. This, this is the move that everybody was waiting on to happen. Marquise Chris is in his third 10-day right now, and the Mavs had to make a decision on it because they got both KP and Boban back from health and safety protocols, plus Jason Kidd as well. But that doesn't matter with the, the roster move. But they got all those guys back from health and safety protocols, so they can't sign another 10-day. They just can't have these guys hanging around forever. The reason why we were able, the Mavs were able to do these 10 days was because of all the guys that were out in health and safety protocols. So... Now, with those guys back, can't keep having these 10-day guys around anymore, so they had to make a decision on it, and they decided to sign him. They signed him before the game. He was able to play in the game, and it was great. Great for Marquise Chris. Let's just put it that way. Incredible for him to um, to, to latch onto this team, to carve out a role, to play past some of these guys. I mean, he played past Dwight Powell at some points during his time. He's played past Boban, obviously. He played past, obviously, Willie Cauley-Stein, who just wasn't playing. But uh, he played past him so much that the Mavericks decided to cut Willie Cauley-Stein, which cost the Mavericks some money. He was making $4 million. And you heard, you saw um, Tim McMahon's report that the Mavericks even considered keeping Willie Cauley-Stein and doing something else to try and keep Marquise Chris because of the contract that Willie Cauley-Stein has. Isaac and I have talked about this a lot. Willie has had a $4.1 million deal, 
and you can add that to some other players to you know add salary and boost some salary for a trade. And so they decided or they, they exhausted their options and said, that, hey, I guess we can't do that, can't find a deal, can't find anything to use Willie's contract for. And so then they decided to just cut bait with him. And so what does that mean for the Mavs cap? Um, for some people asking, what does it mean for the Mavs cap space? The Mavs don't have cap space. This is not a, a thing anymore. The Mavs are operating as a team over the cap. And so they're not just going to go out. They can't just go out and, like, sign guys. It's not the offseason anyway. But they'll have to, um, you know, it doesn't really change a whole lot for the Mavericks this year. They had to get rid of somebody for a roster spot. But it doesn't really change anything about the cap um, for trades or anything like that. It does maybe tra- maybe change uh, what they could trade because they obviously can't put Willie's contract in there. But it'll still be on the books, sort of. So it doesn't change a whole lot. But Marquise Chris is, is a great move, I think. It, 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 the Mavericks got better. Let's just say that. The Mavericks got better with the deal because I think Marquise Chris adds something a little bit more than what Willie was adding. He adds an intensity. He adds a um, he adds you know some talent. He obviously adds some athleticism. His rim protection has been pretty decent for the role that he's playing. And now you have to understand, it's for the role that he's playing. It's not that he can all of a, all of a sudden like start for the Mavericks and be this answer at the starting center. He's not going to be that. He's going to be a solid role player. Uh, and I didn't mention Moses earlier. He completely p- played past Moses. Moses Brown has, uh, was completely eclipsed by Marquise Chris, and I think the Mavericks needed that. They needed somebody in that spot. In that, the fourth big, I think, was kind of a big thing. It had been, it had been sort of a platoon or you know a bullpen position where you have uh, Bobon would play some nights, uh, you know Moses would play some nights. You had you know um, Willie Colley Stein would play some nights, and now it feels like Marquise Chris is that guy. You can play him against bigger guys. You can play him in faster lineups. You can play him in smaller lineups. You can do all those things with Marquise Chris, and so I think it's pretty solid. The Mavericks were able to keep him, to find him in the first place with all the all the players that were getting signed all over the all over the place, Joe Johnson and whatnot, from all the all the teams that signed guys. The Mavs found somebody to keep for now and maybe next year too. If they keep him, they have him for two years. And so we'll see if he continues on through next season. But they have him on here. Nico Harrison had a couple of interesting comments before the game. He talked about how, you know, he spoke to – he had the tough conversation with Willie Colley-Stein about how they were going to cut bait with him. He said, we're going to keep supporting Willie through his personal situation. We still don't know what Willie's situation was. He's been out for months now with personal reasons. We're not sure what it is at all. And, um, and Nico Harrison didn't share that. I think it's just Willie's – it's Willie's situation. It's Willie's to share. It's Willie's news to share. So he obviously didn't feel comfortable doing that. So um, we're still kind of guessing at least us outside – of the Mavericks organization, but it was a tough conversation. And, uh, and yeah, Willie Colley Stein is, uh, is not a Maverick anymore. Nico had a couple other comments about the trade deadline. He mentioned that it's his first time doing this. When somebody asked him, you know, how busy is it going to be? How busy is it going to get for you? How many times is the phone going to ring? He said, you know, this is my first time going through this. And I really hope that's not something that he leans back on a lot. I hope that's not something that he, um, uses as some kind of excuse or anything like that. I don't think that he will. Uh, but it was interesting to hear that from him. We have not heard that from him a lot. Um, but he was just asking – he's just giving an honest answer about what his um, role is going to be or what his, uh, you know, what his workload is going to be. He doesn't know what it is. <laughs> he, doesn't, he doesn't know because he hasn't gone through it yet. Uh, I appreciate the honest answer. Then he went through and talked about the team a little bit. And how the GM talks about the team I find very fascinating, no matter who it is. When, when uh, Don Nelson talked about the team, you definitely knew how he felt and then maybe – what moves he was going to make or what moves he was going to try to do after that. So he said, Nico Harrison said, how we're playing now, how the Mavericks have been playing now over this last like 10-game, 15-game stretch is how I expected them to play. 
And I find that interesting. We're going to talk a lot about this quote, I think, a lot. Because we don't know if the Mavericks are feeling desperate or if they're still feeling the way that they felt after those two Clipper series. We've seen both from this team. We've seen them feel desperate when they made the trade for Christoph Porzingis. Got to do something. Got to make some kind of move. Got to you know, move the needle. Have to change it because we have Luka now. Luka is good now, and we have to make a move. So they made a move for Christoph Porzingis. Then they decided, well, this Harrison Barnes you know, player doesn't fit with what we want to do on offense because he was the guy for two years, and then Luka came in, and all of a sudden, boom, he just took everything. Like, just took the complete reins and everything. We talk a lot about Dennis Smith Jr., but you don't you, – I think we forget sometimes that Harrison Barnes is the guy that lost that lost some in that um, in that situation when Luca came on and Luca all of a sudden was the star. So then they traded him for essentially a trade exception and some cap space to the Kings. The Mavericks felt desperate in that situation. They felt like they needed to make a move. They needed to change. They needed to put the exact right team around Luca. So then they thought that they did that, but then. The two years after that, the Mavericks get close to beating the Clippers in the first round the last two years, and then the Mavericks feel, okay, we were right there. I'm I'm sure a lot of you have bemoaned and talked about Cuban's comments about that series, those those two series. We were right there. We almost had them. You know, we were about to beat the Clippers, and who knows what we could have done after that. Is this Nico Harrison talking like that right now, this quote? How we're playing now is how I expected them to play. He expects this team to play, you know, winning, you know, eight of the last ten or however he ex- – whatever he's – whenever – whatever they were doing when he said this quote, which is earlier today. I expected them to play that way. I expected them to play top ten defense. I expected them to play, you know, decent to pretty good offense at times. Does that mean he's going to just sit back and say, okay – I'm good with the way this team is playing. We don't have to make any major moves. We're just going to maybe make something on the perimeter and then be okay. It'd be interesting. It'd be interesting to see. But I think that that quote, um, if it comes back and he talks about that again, especially on trade deadline day when we'll hear from him, then maybe we'll know how they feel. Do they feel like this team, oh, we just got to get everybody back together. We just got to get continuity. I know that's a word a lot that triggers probably a lot of Mavs fans, but we just got to get our continuity back. And then all of a sudden this team can do some great things. Be curious to see what he means by that quote, or if it was just a passing quote that doesn't mean a whole lot where he's like, Hey, you know, I expected this team to play really well, but I think we have another level to go. And I think we need to make a move to do that. Maybe that's what he was saying, but I'm not sure. We don't exactly know how Nico Harrison operates. We don't know the mandate from Mark Cuban right now. And uh, that's kind of where it all comes down to. So, Magic get a, Mavericks get a win against the Orlando Magic. Marquise Chris is now a Maverick for the rest of the season. We don't have to worry about that anymore. Willie Collie Stein is gone, and Nico Harrison uh, loves the way the Mavericks are playing. And so, and I think you guys should too. Thanks for making Lockdown Mavs your first listen. Go ahead and make your second listen. Lockdown Bets are another show on the Lockdown Network. Lockdown NBA is a great show to recap all the games every night and uh, talk about that. Also, check out all our NFL stuff. Guys, thanks so much for listening to Lockdown Mavs. Peace out. Boom. Who day?